Welcome to the Ready, Set, CEO podcast. I'm Melissa Froelich, and I'm deeply passionate about helping women create aligned and sustainable businesses. I'm so glad you're here because that means you are ready to start embracing your leadership role as the CEO of your business. Sustainable business growth starts inside ourselves. Stepping into our CEO role allows us to create strategy that is in alignment for us and our own individual and unique businesses. And when it happens, things finally start to feel right. So let's get started. I'm so excited today to bring a very special guest onto the show. Abby McGrew is really passionate about helping entrepreneurs with her unique approach to heart-led designs. Abby founded the Wayfair Design Studio, and she helps e-commerce founders bring their brands to life through visual identity, packaging, and web design. She believes that great branding goes beyond just aesthetics and always finds a way to infuse deeper meaning into every aspect of her work. One of the things that I really loved about Abby as I got to know about her and her brand is her core values, which are intentionality, connection, and empowerment. I think that those are so important as we start to really embody and embrace our CEO role. So these three core values that Abby really fosters within herself and her company, they are the cornerstones to her approach to design and client relationships, which obviously I love. Client relationships are so big to me personally, and they are so big to the women like you that I coach and form relationships with. So with that, let's hop into today's episode and learn from Abby about her approach to strategic design. Okay. I am so excited to have Abby McGrew with us today, and she is going to talk to us about building a brand based on strategy. So I know that this is going to be very, very timely for so many of you who have poured your heart and soul into everybody else's business, and you're really desiring to create something that feels really up-leveled and aligned for you, but you don't really even know where to start. So before we get into what that looks like, I would love it, Abby, if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump into some of the strategic pieces of this. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So I'm Abby. I run Wafer Design Studio. So we are a branding, packaging, Shopify, kind (laughs) of everything in between design studio. And we specialize in heart-led design, building brands that really represent kind of where you are, but also where you're going or, or who you're becoming as a business. And yeah, I'm from the U.S., but currently living in Spain, which is an interesting fact about me. And I've taken my business all over the world. But yeah, just love working with amazing, like thoughtful businesses, trying to bring something new to their industry. That's who we really love working with and, and you know, want to help them feel more confident in the way that they present their business to the world and and hopefully help them see real results from presenting themselves more authentically as well. I love that. And oh my gosh, I didn't realize you were in Spain right now. I went to school in Spain during college. And so Santander, I don't know, where are you at? So we're in a smaller city called Palencia, but it's like a few hours north of Madrid. So kind of in like the mountainy area. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Super, super neat. And actually a couple of my clients are in Spain. So Yes, we are very, (laughs) we're with you in terms of really reaching people all over the world. And the the common thread is truly, all right, how do I start to bring this back to me, right? And really Mm -hmm. understand what I want. And I like a lot of the things that you stand for, and especially one of your core values 
being that, that relationship community focus piece of things. I think that that is, that's so important, especially now. So tell me a little bit about like, where do we even start, right? Where do we even start with this conversation around a brand that feels good, but then the strategic approach to it? Yeah. And it's hard because I think a lot of times design and branding can be misunderstood a little bit as far as like what what actually goes into it. Of course, instantly people think of having a logo, having a color palette. (laughs) Um, And of course it is those things, but I think to do it well, to do it in a way that is strategic is actually going to work for you and hopefully work like long-term and not just be something that you end up changing again and again, because (laughs) you realize you don't actually like it anymore. It definitely starts with getting really clear on the vision that you have for the business, what you stand for, what are like the values that drive your business, what you want to be known for within your industry, getting very clear on those things. And also really understanding who your target audience is, what are the common values or like connection points that you share with them, and then finding ways to kind of sprinkle those things throughout the brand experience that you create. And there are lots of ways to do that visually. But of course, sometimes that's easier said than done, you know, especially if you're like DIYing it. Yeah, it can be hard to feel like, okay, well, I want to be known as, you know, someone who values sustainability or someone who works with female entrepreneurs. But then like, how do you communicate that through colors? (laughs) That can be hard to figure out on your own, for sure. So you mentioned vision and values. And so I'm going to assume, like we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but like that's important to have established first, right? Yeah. In order to to know where you're even starting from. Mm-hmm. And so tell me a little bit about how that process works, right? How does it all tie in together? And where do you usually start with people? Let's assume that they have a clear vision and they know their core values, right? So what comes next as we're building, and we're talking about branding, we're not getting to the part that everybody wants to get to in terms of the logo and the colors, but we're starting with like that brand development. Yeah. So in our process, we always start by like doing a call where we work through all of this stuff together. And so, yeah, you have your like vision and those core values. And so then we're going to try to start thinking about, okay, like where do those things connect with your audience? And we're going to kind of narrow it down to say, okay, these are specific things that I want people to know about me whenever they like interact with my business. But then going to the audience and saying, okay, what's the problem that they're experiencing and how are you solving that problem in some way? And not just how are you solving it, but how does that problem impact their everyday life? Or like, like, what does it really mean to have that problem solved? So those are things that we'll end up talking about. And through that, we'll kind of find where your values and like the things that matter to your audience kind of overlap. Because I think that's what all the best brands somehow do is that they're not just, I don't know, there are trendy brands out there for sure, right? (laughs) Um, Especially now with like social media and trends on TikTok, there's so much stuff out there that just kind of feels trendy. But the brands that people end up really becoming like loyal fans of, they've found a way to say, these are things that really matter to us. And so then you as a consumer or as the audience are like, ah, 
I care about this thing too. So this is somebody that I want to work with or buy from. So yeah, it's really like narrowing in on what matters the most to the audience. I would say that that's like the next thing. And then looking at competition, that's definitely the other important thing that we kind of cover um, in that early stage. And that can be hard, I feel like sometimes for entrepreneurs, because they don't want to get too like overwhelmed with looking at competitors and feeling like, oh, I'm not where I want to be. But it's so important, especially within maybe a crowded industry to look at competitors and notice if there are any common themes or trends within your industry. Is everybody using the same type of color palette? Like, is everybody using a similar style of logo? Those are things that we always do with our clients, looking at like the broad industry and just kind of making note of everybody's kind of doing this the same. And maybe there's a good reason they are. (laughs) Like, if you think about organic or like natural type products, a lot of them are going to use green in their color palette, right? So it makes sense. There's color psychology behind that. But we might say, okay, it would make sense for us to follow the same trend, or we could go in a different direction in order to better stand out as long as it's aligned with, you know, those core values that you decided in the beginning. But yeah, those are some things that some other things that we'll talk about kind of in that first phase to really understand what do we want to be known for? Who are we trying to connect with? Like, how can we show that we care about the same things as them? And then also, how can we stand out to better get their attention? (laughs) There's a lot of pieces to it, right? (laughs) Right. Which can be super overwhelming, which is why we need people like you to help guide that process. So when somebody is starting out with building their business and they have no idea, right? They're, they're kind of, they have a general idea of what their core values are, but maybe they don't really know the bigger vision. Like I can relate to that. I wasn't like, I didn't come in the entrepreneurial space online and say, this is my vision. And like that evolved through my journey, but you still want to show up as a reputable business. And so how do you guide people who maybe aren't actually ready yet to bring their brand to life? Cause I don't even know what that's going to be. Like, what do you do in the early stages? Because I think that that's a space where people have no idea. I mean, it's like go to Canva and plop <laughs> something down, but like, what are some things you can still do, but it's not going to create a whole bunch of things that you have to undo later, I guess is what I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before you're clear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think simple is always best probably in in those times because it's going to be a lot easier to like build on something that's pretty simple rather than like have a bunch of illustrations and like all these things that you just pick. The problem is always when you're in that stage is just choosing things because you personally like it and you just like Mm. think it looks good. But that's especially where you run the risk of a few months down the road you don't really like it as much anymore, or it feels like it's gone out of style or something. So yeah, definitely going simpler. And I think maybe leaning a little bit more into just like messaging stuff. If the the branding isn't super fancy, but a lot of times, even if your vision for like where you're going to be in the next five years, isn't super clear. I always find that for a lot of the people that we work with, they have their like origin story still of their business that is very unique to them. And that's, that's also like where, especially when you're just getting started, there 
are lots of other people out there who are already doing what you're doing and you feel like, oh, how am I ever going to get to that level? But yeah, I think leaning into the story of why you started and just kind of letting that be your messaging and letting that like maybe speak a bit louder since you don't have the like recognizable huge professional brand to like back it up. Does that make sense what I'm saying? <laughs> no, a hundred percent. And that really goes into what I coach on and teach. It's like embracing that inner CEO mm-hmm. and all the things that already exist, but we're downplaying. And so mm-hmm. super relatable for me because I mean, I have a very unique story, but I didn't see the power of how that ties in. And the fact that I left corporate and became a military spouse and we move a lot and building this business is sustainable, but yet also very resilient and all of the things, but I didn't know how to bring that into my, my business and how my core values kind of mix in Mm -hmm. with all of that. And I see that time again with my clients where they're just like, I don't have anything unique. And then you get to know them and you're like, oh my goodness, yes, this is incredible. And you need to start infusing that and bringing it to life. But I think that that's a typical problem that we have especially as women, it's like downplaying everything, right? Mm -hmm. It's just normal. It's just who I am instead of, ooh, and how can I showcase this? How can I make this, you know, my own unique recipe for for my brand ultimately? So I love that you touched on that. And I think going back to the origin story also helps people figure out what their core values are, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's overwhelming in itself where it's like, I don't even know where to start with this or... I don't know because I don't have enough experience. And I love that we talk about core values so much more now because that was really a thing that was like, that's what big, big companies do, or that's what CEOs of of Fortune 500 companies have. Who am I to have core values as this tiny business? Like you absolutely need those. And so Mm -hmm. it makes sense that we would then build the brand on that. So from this same kind of topic, what are some massive mistakes that people make. And I say massive, but massive in your eyes as the, (laughs) um, as the expert and what are, if you would wave a magic wand or like, don't do this, like one or two things, like what are your, and they can be your pet peeves or whatever, but you're like, please, for the love of all things, holy, do not do these things. Like what comes to mind? I think, and, and I sort of touched on this before when people you know, are DIYing their branding and they have clearly just like chosen things that they like, but don't really have anything to do with what the business mission is or like what the product is or who the audience is. And it's hard because I, I understand, of course, being a business owner myself, you feel so personally attached to your business. And and a lot of times you are, you know, sort of like the target audience that you're trying to reach as well, but sometimes maybe you aren't. (laughs) And so that's something to think about. If you aren't exactly the type of person that, you know, you're trying to attract, then maybe like sometimes I feel like there was, um, a, uh, a client that we worked with who, whenever we were choosing their colors for their brand, and it was like choosing yellow was going to make a lot of sense color psychology wise, because we wanted it to feel very like bright and happy and joyful. So choosing yellow made all the sense, but she was like, I just don't personally love yellow. Like I would never put yellow in my room, but like, it's not your room. (laughs) This is your business. (laughs) And sometimes you're going to have to like check yourself a little bit, (laughs) I think as a business owner with that other big mistake is putting 
just your logo on everything. Oh, and, yes. <laughs> and it can be hard because sometimes you, you know, you don't know what else to put somewhere. You feel like you have to identify your business on everything that you share. If it's like, if you're selling products and it's like all of the packaging or if it's on social media or something like that, but sometimes it can just get more repetitive. If like, say you're opening a package and like the top of the box, the logo is really big. Then you open it and the tissue paper is all the logo. And then you open that. And then there's like a smaller box with the logo on it. It's fine. You're using your branding and people definitely know what your business name is, but it feels repetitive and you're just missing an opportunity to add like another layer in there. Instead of Mm -hmm. having the logo be on everything, maybe you have a sub logo that's more of an icon. Yes. Or a pattern um, or even just like a tagline, just another layer that like, cause it's hard to capture everything you want to say to people through a logo. We try our best. (laughs) So like mm-hmm. weave everything that we want to into a logo and still keep it simple so it doesn't look crazy, but it's really hard to say everything you want to say in such a simple brand mark. So that's why it's important to have a tagline or, you know, patterns or other things so that you don't have to rely on just your logo to say everything that you do. So yeah, that's another thing. And I, the last thing is just when people use font sizes that are way too small and not legible. It happens <laughs> a lot. And, you know, especially on like social media posts, but also packaging stuff too. Yeah. Using like a font size that just, they made it so small because they wanted to like fit more content, but it's so small oh, that people yes. can't read it anyways. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's I know. I, the other one. Sometimes I'm like catching myself squinting on Instagram and I'm like, wait, this is not a me problem. This is yeah. a... <laughs> seems to be better. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love, I love that so much. So there's so much to unpack now talking about packaging here, but what are some of the, the things that you really love working on in terms of the brand development piece? And I guess before we get into that, like, can you just briefly highlight what is, what is a brand? Like, I think that so many people, we hear these words thrown around our brand, our brand, our brand, but what is a brand from your expert, like vantage point? I think I would love to kind of like remind our audience of that. That's a good question. I don't know if anyone's asked me, (laughs) asked me to like define that before. I would say that a brand is the way that you're communicating who you are and what you stand for as a business to your audience. It's it's a way to directly speak to your audience of like, this is what I'm trying to <laughs> put into the world. Like emotionally a- and visually, but without like verbalizing or writing yeah. it out, but like the experience that somebody has Mm-hmm. with us before they even actually speak with us. Like, is that a right way of thinking yeah. of it? That's kind of yeah, I think it. so. It's, it's like a way to create an understanding between you and your audience mm-hmm. of what you do and you know, yeah, what your purpose is. Yeah. Cause I remember one of the things when we were doing my brand development is I was really wanting our brand to be 
professional yet approachable, right? The approachable Mm -hmm. piece was really like, I wanted people to know that like, we're the real deal and I have a ton of experience and I'm going to help guide you, but I want it to be approachable. I didn't want it to be like so elite and luxury. So how do we Mm -hmm. blend that elevated client experience, but approachable in there? And Mm -hmm. that was something I kept going back to. And I I think we nailed it. And I mean, I did not do anything. Our, Our brand designer did, but it's that, you know, like how would you describe these other companies that you like to to buy from how are you man that would be such a fun like social experiment right if we mm-hmm. all went around and like talked about how lululemon makes us feel or when we buy from nordstrom how it makes us feel and then you have nordstrom behind the scenes like yep checking the boxes these are the things that they wrote down like a I'm I'm sure that, you know, experts do this, but that's how I think about it is like are we allowing the people who are learning about us to feel the way that they, that we want them to before mm-hmm. they even interact with us. Yeah, absolutely. And a logo is part of our brand and a font is part of our brand and typography and all of those things are all layers. And then like you were saying earlier, also the, the way that we communicate, right. Our, how we speak and how we can put a little bit more effort into that piece in the early stages before we know exactly like visually what we're trying to create. So going back again to this established entrepreneur that I work with who is ready to finally bring back some of the energy into her own business and really allow it to be that elevated brand that she's wanted to exist all along, but all of her energy is always going to serving her clients, which is amazing. But where do we go after, all right, we know the core values, we know the vision, we know what we kind of want to happen. Like... I I want you to speak, if you will, to the importance of working with somebody like yourself who really understands this versus like trying to DIY it, which I'm like, don't do it (laughs) at this stage, but also just the things that go into it that people might not understand, but to truly get the brand experience right. Like share some things about that. I, I would love to bring people behind the scenes in terms of all the parts and pieces that we don't even understand that go into it. Yeah. Well, I think that, I mean, a lot of the clients who come to us, some of them, I feel like we actually work with quite a few people who are like, have a creative eye. So like they did DIY their stuff in the beginning, but at some point they were just like, I need somebody else to do this. Like I'm too close. I'm too like attached and I need like an outside perspective or they just wanted someone who like had a, they had a creative eye, but they needed somebody with like a higher skill level because they wanted it to like look more refined or elevated. But yeah, but also there are a lot of people who maybe don't feel like they have a good creative eye and therefore they would never want to try to DIY it because they know it's not going to turn out the way they want. But some things that go into designing that that might not be often thought about is even though I'm I'm a professional designer and and it might seem like we can just you know come up with brilliant ideas very quickly there's a lot of like behind the scenes work that goes on that our our clients don't see I try to share it a lot on our Instagram just to like show that it's not just a okay here are your core values and instantly here's the perfect font here's the perfect color palette like there's so much trial and error we'll go through for every i would say for every like 
logo concept that we present to a client, we've probably worked through at least 20 different ideas to come to that final concept. And that's one of the big benefits of working with a professional that you might not think about. Of course, you think like, well, yeah, I want a professional to do it so that it it looks professional in the end. But it's also about reducing the decisions that you're having to make as the business owner, because as a professional, we're going to like brainstorm all the different ideas. And we're going to work through that kind of on, on our end, figure out what actually works, what doesn't, and then end up sending you or presenting to you what's going to really be the strongest option. Some designers will only present one option. Some designers will present like two to three, but we're starting with like 20, 30 different (laughs) ideas or like variations that we work through and then narrowing that down. So we're taking a lot of the weight of making decisions and looking through all these different options, we're taking that weight off of you. And just, Mm. you know, you're just trusting us that we're the expert, we're going to show you what is the best option. And yeah, I find that with a lot of our clients, that's something that they really appreciate, because there are just a lot of decisions to make as a business owner, especially we, we work with primarily e-commerce product-based businesses. And especially whenever they're like, creating their products, figuring out the packaging pieces, like what materials, like what type of bottle to use, what type of box, what like printing finishes. There are so many little decisions to make. And that's also where we will kind of come in and be like, nope, I don't think that would look good. This would look good. And just kind of (laughs) like, I don't know, help you make better decisions that are going to be maybe more cost effective um, or just like more aligned with, with your goals. So good. One of the things that I love that is on Abby's website, um, she, she has these words and this I think speaks volumes and it makes it, it emotes like magnetism for me. We elevate e-commerce brands to a place of meaning, purpose, and newfound confidence. And so if you're listening to this and you are at a place where like your business just isn't feeling like you would like it to, that's part of that wanting to embrace your CEO role. Like that is that is the, the crux of where you're at in your journey. And one of the key things that is going to help unlock that, let's say that you have great systems in place. Let's say that you have, you already have clients, your packages are solid, but you're like, I don't know what's missing for me. Like there's a very, very good chance that your brand isn't resonating all of your uniqueness and the the things that you want to communicate into the world. So for me, like when I work with a lot of women, it's okay. We need to focus on getting you support in terms of elevating your branding. So like this sums up what I feel with, with our brand and I want other people to feel, and obviously you do as the expert. So who doesn't want more meaning purpose and newfound confidence, right? Like that is what your brand will allow. And I think that that sums up the, the beauty of the work that you do so well. So, um, I don't know if you wrote that or somebody else did, but I'm like, yep, that, that nails it. Like (laughs) that is, that is absolutely perfect. One question I have for you kind of more on a personal level is this work absolutely helps women step into their CEO role and be more aligned with the business that they're creating. But like what things have been really helpful to you on your journey in terms of stepping more into your 
role as a leader and as a CEO? Like what are some things that you can kind of put your finger on and say, this was a turning point or this really helped unlock the next level of confidence for me? A few things. And whenever, I think a lot of it goes down to like showing up and like talking with other people in my industry Mm -hmm. about like the struggle, like the things that people don't really want to talk about that often. And like whenever I first started investing in like having a mentor and a coach to help me like work through things, I probably spent like the first three years just trying to figure out everything myself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, and that was important for me to do for sure. But yeah, it was about after like three years that that was whenever I first like invested in a coach and I saw like a huge shift in my business, um, from that. But yeah, I think that over the years, I just kind of realized that I, I struggled so much in the beginning with thinking I was the only person who maybe, you know, struggled with certain, you know, mistakes that I'd made um, early on in my business or, you know, just things like not going as I expected, feeling like I was falling behind or, or something um, mm-hmm. and just wondering, am I the only one who has dealt with this? Because it seems like everybody else has it all figured out. But I started like talking a little bit more openly um, about some of the things that I was struggling with. And then quickly everyone else was like, oh my gosh, I'm the same. Thank you so much for like saying this. Um, But yeah, I just feel like, you know, the, the more open that I have gotten about, about those types of things, especially within like my design community, it's made me, I don't know. It's just, it's helped me feel less alone and therefore like feel more capable of the things that maybe I was nervous of. Maybe I'm not made for this. Maybe I, I can't get to that point, but, you know, talking with other people and realizing, oh, everybody's struggling with the same things. This is just Mm -hmm. me. So why, why am I putting these like limitations on myself? Yeah. I think that those are, those are like the biggest things. I love that. That is, that's awesome to hear because I relate to that. And it's the, we can all DIY everything, right? But Mm -hmm. why would we, when there is so much more power in being vulnerable and being collaborative and embracing the fact that CEOs ask for help, like why wouldn't we? And then it just Mm -hmm. becomes more bountiful. And yes, I am. I am so with you. It's like, once I started investing in coaching as well, I'm like, oh, okay. This doesn't have to be so hard or wow. I can move so much more quickly, or I'm not Mm -hmm. alone. I'm not wrong to have experienced this, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not the only one. And so there's, there's a lot of comfort in that. And then confidence comes out of that for sure, which Mm -hmm. There's nothing, there's nothing more valuable because when we are confident, then everything is easier in business, in terms of sales, in terms of the magnetism, in terms of the results that we truly believe and are capable of getting for our clients. So I'm like, whatever we can do to build that confidence, like that is, that is so key. What is something that you want to leave everybody with today when it comes to their brand? Like what what is either a next step or something to uh, get curious about so that they can start really, how can they start to look and see if their brand is what they desire it to be right now? And if the answer is not exactly like what are next steps either Mm -hmm. with you or just in general? So yeah, I would ask yourself, what do you want to be known for within your industry? Is there any like 
specific part of your story or benefit of what you do that you really want to come across to people and and yeah and then well, ask yourself that should that should come across because I bet yes, you that should be coming across people are like well no not exactly and you're like but you have this amazing thing and so mm-hmm. it's sometimes not the want it's the should as much as I hate the word should but sometimes that has to supersede all of the feelings of like, I don't want to be seen. I want to be modest. I want to hide behind, you know, Mm -hmm. but like when that thing starts to become part of our brand, then it's like, oh, it should have been there all along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, asking yourself those things and then evaluating, you know, your current branding, are these things coming across or not? And it can also be helpful to like ask somebody like maybe outside, (laughs) outside of like your, you know, people who already know what you do and are like super familiar with your business, but ask somebody and like show them your logo or show them your branding and just ask them like what feelings or ideas come up for you when you look at this. I think it'd be interesting Mm. to see that. (laughs) And also I would say, I love having uh, like clients do this, asking some people like past clients or customers, um, asking them like, if you would describe our business, like in three words, like, what would you say? And then kind Mm of, yeah, like seeing how are people already interpreting your brand? And maybe if they're a loyal customer or client, you know, they're going to describe who you really are <laughs> right. and and maybe your branding isn't quite capturing those things but like that's that's what you want that's like the the goal post that you want to be moving towards so good some really like simple things but to kind of gut check and say like yeah i'm hitting the mark or most likely like uh there's room to optimize here yeah i always like to do like an exercise anytime that like if we're working with the client and maybe we're working through some concepts and like something doesn't feel right, but they're not quite sure what it is. Cause sometimes it can be really hard to like, I'm a designer. So I'm used to like giving my opinion on what I like or don't like about a logo. Right. (laughs) But for uh, normal people, you might not like have the right words to say, like, this is what's wrong. This is what needs to be changed. So, you know, if you're not happy with your logo, but you're not quite sure what needs to be different. You can like use a spectrum as like a a metaphor mm-hmm. or something. Think of like different areas in your industry. Like there are, you know, competitors who are, their brand is very like playful and friendly and like that's how they're perceived. Or there are brands who are very sophisticated and refined and like luxury. Um, and then saying, okay, where does my brand currently fall? And where do I think it needs to move on that spectrum to the playful side, more to the luxury side? That's another mm-hmm. like thing that I think is helpful for clients to like, rather than saying this is specifically what's wrong, change it, but just saying it needs to move a little bit this way. And then that kind of gets you started on like, okay, well, can I find a different font that feels more like this rather than what I have or more co- colors that feel more like this? Um, Yeah. If you do nothing else after today's podcast episode, go and look at wayfairdesignstudio.com 
Abby's website is gorgeous. I have it up on my other screen during this podcast recording. I'm like, oh, literally (laughs) it speaks to me, right? (laughs) There's so much about it. But I think that even if, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, I don't even know what my brand is, go and have that experience. And you'll already know so much about Abby from listening to this podcast. And then the feelings that you get from looking at it visually, and then start thinking about that for yourself and start noticing what you gravitate towards with other brands and what you don't right? that other opposite Mm -hmm. end of the spectrum, like she's talking about. So Abby, thank you so much for coming on today and talking about some of the strategy behind the brand, right? I think that's so important. It's your brand is not what you create on Canva. Your brand is not what, what your logo is that you created five years ago. Your brand is a whole bunch of layers and there's a lot of pieces and parts that go into it. And we only like just scrape the surface, but I think this really helps women realize that, okay, there's opportunity here for me to elevate my business, elevate my confidence through my branding. And that's, that's really, it's exciting because that's something tangible that they can work on with an expert to bring themselves into a whole nother level of feeling and embracing their CEO role. So how can people work with you? Where can they find you? Like, where do you hang out besides Spain? Like, but in the (laughs) online world, um, tell us a little bit about where people can follow you. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm mostly active on Instagram. So our account is at Wayfair Design Studio and Wayfair is W-A-Y-F-A-R-E-R, not Wayfair, the like furniture (laughs) website, but Wayfair. And yeah, on Instagram, I'm very active on there. But yeah, also our website, we have a blog with like lots of like e-commerce branding, packaging design advice on our blog. So definitely check that out if you're looking for more like little quick tips and and stuff um, or resources to help you out. But also, yeah, if you would love to work with us, that would be (laughs) um, great too. Yeah. You can check out our services page and see um, some of the different uh, services that we offer within design. I love it. And so many of my clients, even though the majority of my audience is service-based entrepreneurs, we also are in the business of the client experience piece, right? Mm -hmm. So being able to help design packaging or take elements of our branding and create a really incredible um, client experience, whether it's for collateral, for retreats or for seminars or for Mm -hmm. whatever, like there's a lot of ways that you could also support people that weren't necessarily e-commerce brands. Am I right by saying that? Yeah, 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 for sure. Very, very good. All right. Well, thank you again so much. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. And I look forward to just the learnings that are going to come from this, from, you know, my community. And I encourage you, if you have questions to reach out to Abby, like she said, she is active on Instagram. Same for me. If there's anything that stood out, I would love to hear just in terms of accountability, what stuck out for you and kind of an action that you are going to take as a result of today's podcast. All right. Thank you so much, Abby. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was so, so good to share. And yeah, you asked great, great questions too. So (laughs) yeah, it was, it was great. Awesome. 
as always, thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. It was truly a pleasure to spend time with you. If you're not already part of our free community on Facebook, please join me inside of the Uplevel Lounge. You can also check out melissafrolick.com or follow along on Instagram, melissafrolick underscore biz to find out the most current ways that I can support you in stepping further into your CEO role right now.